Live from the Zimmer Radio World Headquarters in the heart of the Midwest, this is the Gary Nolan Show. Now, here's your proud card-carrying member of the Libertarian Party, Gary Nolan. Hey, welcome. It is seven minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, Senator Kurt Schaefer, who uh, missed uh, last week and I think the week before, uh, in order to make up for it, came in early today. <laughs> so he, he is in with us for the hour. You're stuck now, pal. I try and make this a priority, but man, it's been busy lately. <laughs> That's all right. Um, give your credit card number to Brian Hansen, because uh, there is a charge for that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I am pleased to tell you that uh, Emily Staley, did I pronounce that right, Emily? Wait a minute, do we get her locked in? Emily? Yes. Ah, there is it. It's Staley, right? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure I was pronouncing that right. Uh, Emily mm-hmm. Staley is with us from the Show Me Institute. Uh, they say for the first, she says, for the first time in our state's history, the legislature has fully funded the education formula at a price tag of $3.4 billion. God, that is a lot of money. Uh, but will this additional funding be well spent? Well, what do you think? Does the future, uh, port- uh, does the past portend the future? Does that make sense? What did, what did I say there? Uh, it, does the past indicate what's going to happen? Well, if we keep spending money the way we have been, it seems that the additional money that has been added to the education budget will likely go towards hiring more teachers and more administrators and is unlikely to make its way to the classroom or to or be spent in a way that is going to actually help student performance. Well, you know, studies have indicated, and by the way, I, I know this is a law of diminishing returns, but studies have indicated that if you have more teachers per student, um, they, they, uh, they learn better. Smaller classrooms. There, there is some indication of that, but at a certain point, you start watering down the talent pool. And so when you have more teachers, you're inevitably going to have less effective teachers. And so since about 1992, Missouri's student population has grown by 9%, whereas the number of teachers we've, we have has grown by 28%. So over three, it's grown as almost three times as quickly. And so when you have such dramatic growth, you're inevitably not going to have the best teachers teaching students and are in the classrooms with them. So there's a trade-off. You can have smaller classrooms, but you're probably not going to have as good of a teacher. So demand is uh, outstripping the supply of good teachers. And so you end right. up hiring teachers that are not quite as good. Well, where should they put the money, or did they need the money at all? Well, I think there is a conversation of where we could put the money. And I think a lot of people, when they say that educate, we need more education dollars, they're not really thinking about it clearly of where that money is going. Is it getting lost in the bureaucracy, which the answer is yes, or is it actually making a difference in the classroom? And you see that when you just look at the numbers that since the early 90s in Missouri, we've increased student spend, per student spending by 33%. But in the same time frame, teachers have actually seen, when you adjust for inflation, teachers have seen a 4% pay cut over the same period because we have too many teachers, we have too many administrators and staff members. Yeah, and, and you know that's one thing that that we have been looking at in the legislature for years is the compared to the cost of teachers, the administrative costs have really really ballooned. But I do think it's important that everybody understand that on the increased spending and the message this year that that K through twelve is fully funded for the first time. 
you know, you can go back, you know, the last three, four, five years, and every year you see this number, you know, the K through 12 funding formula is underfunded by, you know, 350 million, 450 million dollars. And then all of a sudden now it's fully funded. And so that does not translate into suddenly they got hundreds of millions of dollars more. What happened was two years ago, we passed Senator Jay Wasson's bill, which changed how that dollar amount is figured because essentially the way you figure how much is going to go into that formula, it's called the adequacy target. How how much money needs to be spent on each student and you've got about 520 school districts around the state and you you basically in this formula build in what do they spend on how you figure this out well you get about seven or eight school districts that are outliers in this fi- in, in over 500 school districts and they skew what that number should be so two years ago we passed senator jay wasson's bill which adjusts in that formula for those outliers to say no what's really the number and what it did is it pulled that number down from about 450 million underfunded to about 50 million underfunded. And so when when right. when you see this message that oh look for the first time in years it's fully funded, it's not that it needed, you know, 450 million more and got it. It's the law was changed to adjust the formula. And they it, got they got about 50 million more. So it needed 400 million less yes. in order to achieve that to uh, pull that out goal. those outliers. But that's a good example of, you know, you see a lot of discussion about what are the numbers, but you know, the numbers aren't always accurate. And I think as, you know, as we're discussing now, you know, what is the number? You, you see these increases in student spending like like we've been discussing and all of a sudden are you getting better results? No. Right. And the adequacy target per student spending, we actually don't know how much money it costs to educate a student. And it's different for every student. And so having this magic number fully funded isn't going to make a difference if you're not spending the money wisely. And I think that's what's been indicated, not only in Missouri, but across the nation, is that we have spent more and more money in the past 25 years, but we are not seeing any kind of real difference in how our students are performing. We still are really lagging, especially in Missouri, on just basic reading and math proficiency. And so where is it, like, where is this money going? And I think public education is definitely a worthwhile investment for taxpayers. But if we're not spending the money wisely, then we really need to reevaluate what we're doing. Yes, the old saying goes, is the juice worth the squeeze? (laughs) Is is all that money, are we getting a return on it? Uh, Does anybody, what is the target uh, per student? Uh, uh, I think it's just over $9,000 now. Now, does anybody know yeah, how it much? Yeah, on the district. Yeah, but I think on average statewide, I think it's around 9,100, 9,200. But keep in mind, the actual spending, for example, City of St. Louis, that's about $18,000 per student. But when you look at Columbia, which falls into the average, it's a little over $9,000. All right, so you could, you could go to the finest private grade school and high school, and it probably wouldn't cost $18,000. But there are other things that get folded into that cost. For instance, if a child has a physical disability, uh, the federal government mandates that they get to stay in school that adds costs. Yeah, I mean, I I would argue that especially, you know, in a lot of larger districts, that's a nominal figure. But yes, sure, that's in there. That cost is in there. So, So if that's a nominal figure, why is it so much more expensive to send your child to a public school in the state of Missouri than a private school? Do you want to talk about this or Medicaid? It's the exact same issue. If the government's going to pay for it, it's going to be more expensive. Period. It's how it works. 
Emily? Right. And when you look at places like St. Louis, for instance, it's a much larger district. So they have lots, many more administrators and they have other kind of staff members that maybe other school districts don't necessarily need. Like they have counselors that deal with trauma in students. And so maybe that is a need that St. Louis has that Columbia maybe doesn't. And so the point here is that not that that student spending maybe is too high and maybe it is in some areas, but is it being spent in a way that's effective? And most of the time we see a trend in Missouri and across the nation of we're hiring lots of administrators and lots of teachers when it's not clear that that's actually helping our students. And I mean, a good example of this in Missouri, and I'm not sure that this is the right answer or that this is something that we should do, but we have over 500 school districts. And some of these school districts are very small, but that's over 500 superintendents that are being paid or the highest the highest salary in each school district. Most of them get over $100,000. And so is it worth, I think it's worth exploring. Can we consolidate school districts? And maybe that is an answer to kind of getting more money to the classrooms. But another example, my high school, I was in, I grew up in rural Kansas. We had five principals in my high school, one for each grade and then a head principal. I just going through that, I don't think it was necessary to have all of those principals to manage the school. I think we could have done with far fewer, but those are kind of just a few examples of what are, how are these dollars being spent? And these are things that should be brought up with your state legislature and your local school board. And and, and that's a really good point, because I know that during my time in the legislature, it did appear that most of the increases that we did give to K through 12 went to administration uh, as opposed to teachers, as opposed to in-classroom activity. And, you know, we would we would fight with the with the lobbyists that represented the uh, the administrators and we would meet with the lobbyists that, that represented the teachers and we would go over this and go over this and never really a change. And it seemed like the more money we gave K through 12, the more that went to administrators. Right. And so my point is uh, that there are just there are trade offs when you put this money towards administrative staff. And so. There was a study by edchoice.org. It's called Back to the Staffing Surge. And the author, he actually puts it in perspective. So in Missouri, since about 1992, if we we got rid of all the extra administrators that outpaced student growth, so that the number of principals, the growth in principals matched the growth in students, for instance, and didn't even get rid of any extra teachers, we could get every single teacher in the state over a $6,000 permanent pay raise. And so that's kind of like the magnitude of the extra dollars were being, that are being spent on the top end of school districts and of schools. Yeah, that, that figure doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, that would fit in with exactly what we've been dealing with the legislature for the last several years. You know, but that's what I'm talking about when I say the private education is so much less expensive. Uh, because they can't afford to be foolish with the money. Right. Because it's coming out of my pocket, uh, and I'm looking for the best value, uh, then I'm going to look for a lower price and a higher quality. Well, and there's just there's just more scrutiny on the school and how they spend the money. I mean, if you're writing a $14,000 check every year for your kid to go to a private school, you are going to be very engaged in how your $14,000 is spent, what they're doing at that school. If If you don't ever write a check for your kid to go to that school, Eh, maybe you're involved, maybe you're not. 
but it's a substantially different dynamic on the level of scrutiny of the person and people running the school if you're writing that check versus you not writing that check. You're going to pay attention not only to what the school is doing, but you're going to pay real close attention to what your child is doing. Sure, absolutely. What your child's doing, what what lawsuits are coming up? You know, are your teachers being sued? I mean, if you're paying a lot of money for that private school and you've got a teacher that's been sued three times for in, inappropriate activity or something like that, you're going to demand that that liability be removed from what you're paying for. At a public school, you know, you don't see it. You don't ever see it. So, uh, Emily, right. I, uh, I, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just saying that the taxpayers and parents of public school children, vigilance is very important and that getting involved is very important in starting this conversation of how are we spending these these dollars and can we do it in a way that's going to help our community and our schools better. So if past is prologue of the future, we're going to watch the staffing thing. I think it's a great statistic to watch and hopefully it will get some traction that that's not the best use of the public's money. Uh, John, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Hey, thanks. Hey, I think that centralization and consolidation of uh, districts is exactly the problem, because the further away from the parents and the taxpayers, uh, the administration, the teachers, the schools get, then you're helpless. You're just dealing with a big bureaucracy, whereas if it's a small school, you go in there, they probably even know you. You're going to get service they're going to take care of things you're watching things i i think that is true but i think you have to balance that with the cost and for example where you know there are portions of north missouri particularly northwest missouri and some of the counties up there that some of those counties only have two three school districts in the entire county those we've had several of those districts in the last few years consolidate and eliminate a, an actual district because they simply are they're losing population. They don't have the tax base and they can't pay for it. And they've translated you know that into cost savings and and making it possible to keep the school doors open. So there is absolutely a cost savings to that. But you're right. There probably is absolutely some loss also of, of accountability. Well, right. and take Columbia. We could, this could be five school districts easily. There's no reason to have one mega district with a monument to uh, expense out there on Worley. <laughs> all right. John, it's a balance, yep. John, I appreciate the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, all right, so uh, many thanks to uh, Emily Staley from the Show Me Institute. Emily, thank you for coming on board with us this morning. Yes, thanks so much. All right, take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Quick break. Kurt Schaefer.